glad you're here today. Welcome to Ohio, winter version 2019. Uh, we are, you know, we're looking forward to this week. If you have paid attention to the weather, uh, we're getting into some single digits. But, you know, one thing that remains a constant, when, when we talk about Connect Church, and we talked already about connecting people to Christ and how our relationship with Christ is what unites us. That the next statement as to who we are, our values, has to do with the word community. And we're, we're going to spend some time today talking about the, the great value of Christian community. But I thought maybe a great way to, to get started thinking about that would be a scripture verse that goes back to the Old Testament. You've probably heard a, a portion of this passage, uh, possibly at a wedding. You may be familiar with it. You may not. But uh, let's go ahead and get started here uh, as we talk about community. We're going to look at Jer excuse me, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. As we talk about community, we want to understand that it's always been God's plan for his people to live together in community. Uh, and Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 10 through 12 really spell it out. This is a lengthy portion, so we won't read it together. Would you, would you guys follow along either by reading by way of screen or your personal device or on the hard copy notes? If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Now, I need to make a confession before I read any more of this verse because I have felt guilty this week because I spent a little bit of time uh, watching some of the clips of people falling on the snow and ice. And, and I have to confess and bear my soul here, I think it's so funny. I mean, it's just hilarious. Not that someone could get hurt. Uh, I have great empathy for that. I actually saw someone in the Giant Eagle, Eagle parking lot that uh, started to go down he had bags in one hand, and he couldn't get his balance, so he was actually doing 360. He was doing a circle, just trying to stay up. And it was so funny. It was just hilarious. And so can I confess that? Are there any other people with, sense, with a sense of humor like mine? Would you? Somebody think, well, that's not funny. Somebody could get hurt. And, and I get that, and I'm sorry, and I would be the first one there to, 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 to muffle my laugh and to try and help pick them up. But I like especially the clips that don't show the aftermath, just the fall itself. But is this a great passage for this time of year? If you're all by yourself and you fall, you are on your own. Now on a very serious note, uh, Kathy, uh, my dear sweet wife of 40 plus years, uh, this past week got called in fact, she was already on the way, but got a phone call on the way to be with her mom. And her mom had taken a fall, not on ice, but in the garage. She's over 90 years of age. And she fell. And she landed on her face. And the injuries were, were minimal, eight stitches and pretty bad bruising. But she couldn't get up. You know, one of my great heartfelt areas of empathy is for those who, single moms, uh, widows or widowers, singles, those who are kind of, when they fall, it doesn't seem like there's anybody there to pick them up. And, and one of the things I hope you'll grab a hold of today is you'll see that 
even if you do not possess the, the family relationships where someone is there to pick you up, please know that if you will connect to Christian community, you will never be alone and you will not be in trouble when you fall. There will be someone there who cares. Now, it's not the same, and I, I don't mean to minimize the loneliness of, of being alone. It is different. But I'm here to tell you that Christian community, part of the purpose for which God created the idea is so that we are not alone. We have someone during a time of trouble. And one of the biggest mistakes people make is when they start coming to church, they become a part of the crowd, but they don't take that next step and connect to community by becoming a part of a small group, by getting to know others and doing life together and praying for one another. And then when something bad happens, you really don't know anyone. You've just been a part of the crowd. And, and there, there's, there's only so much church community can do unless you take that step of connecting. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today and, and what it looks like. Let me keep reading that, that verse. Let me go back to that passage. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Listen, this was, this was written for Northeast Ohio winters, okay? You might want to snuggle up here a little bit today. Uh, not, not if you don't know the person next to you. Kind of hold off on that. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. That phrase in our, in our, you know, we're familiar with it in our vocabulary, is I got your back. It means you're not alone. We're standing back to back. Three, it goes on to say, are even better, and you can continue to multiply the numbers, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. A lot of people include this passage in their marriage because what they're saying is the triple braided cord is the husband, the wife, and God. That a covenant marriage involves more than just a contract, an agreement between a husband and a wife. God has been brought in and he is the third strand in that triple braided cord. And it is not. If God is truly a part of of your home, your relationship will not be easily broken. So our creator God made us to thrive in community. I want to give you, just like the, the redwoods, remember we started with the, the idea of the giant redwoods and how these amazing trees do not do well on their own, but God puts them together and they thrive together as trees uh, come together in the form of the roots beneath the ground and they interwine together. And as they wind together, the tree, no matter how tall it gets, is held up by the support and strength it gets from the other trees. So today we're going to talk about the word community. And we come to this question, which seems to be obvious at this time. It is what do we mean when we say we desire to connect to community? What, what does that mean? Uh, if, if you don't remember anything else today, remember, remember this. Christian community is, is driven by some very distinct values. It's not a club. It's not a fraternal order. It's not a political organization. Uh, it, it's not a business. It's a body. 
Okay, it is a family of believers connected by their relationship with Christ. And it, as they come together, there's something that unites them. I, I do not like to get political when I stand up here and talk. So please hear my heart on this. This is not a shot at any one political party. It's just an acknowledgement that the world we live in right now is very fractured. And pol politic politics today are actually angrier and more hostile than I can remember any, any time in my lifetime. See, that's not politicizing one way or another. But I hear people on both sides say absolutely crazy things. One of the craziest things I've ever heard said in my life this last week, uh, someone from one of the parties just stood up and said that the thing that unites us as a people is our diversity. And that sounds good. You know, you hear that and you go, yeah, cool. Diversity unites us. But sometimes we hear things and it sounds good because we're programmed to think it sounds good. But if it's not truth, it's not truth. And everybody that knows me, I am so gung-ho crazy for embracing diversity. And, and the biblical value of including everyone, being inclusive, is a core value. But let me tell you how completely backwards this is. The one thing that unites a country is its common values and its constitution. You agree to certain ideas. And then because one of those values is that all people matter and we embrace all people, it allows you to embrace diversity. But if you say diversity is what unifies you, you are so crazy mixed up because diversity alone only exposes our differences. If that's what's supposed to be the glue and people are saying things and my head just wants to explode because we sometimes carry those ideas over into the church. We've done that here in America a little bit. We've made the church political. And if I could make any common connection to that at all, I would tell you that our values come from our constitution. And this book is our constitution. God's word gives us values and that's what unites us into community. It is our common values. And the purpose of this series, Connect 101, we're looking at the three legs of support for the rebirth of our church, Christ, community, and purpose. The purpose of all this is so that we have established the values which come from our constitution, God's word, that will support us and unify us so we can embrace all people and we can be diverse, but if you start there and say, that's the thing, you got to start with that. There's nothing to hold that all together. There's got to be values. Christians are driven by values. Connect Church has certain values that come from our constitution, from the Bible, from God's word. And that is what's going to guide us. And that's so exciting. You can be a part of something that is not political. The agenda has already been set. God came up with it. Jesus Christ came and he commissioned us, his church, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And that is to be a part of life change, connecting people to Christ. So what do we mean? <laughs> We're trying to say that it is our commitment 
to our values and to the Bible, our Christian constitution, that unites us. And Christian community is driven by this agenda that we are dedicated to. We call that agenda our mission. And in fact, look at your notes here. There's a little statement I just threw in there. The difference between connecting to a Christian community and a church that operates like a business can be summed up in one word. The difference. This is what, this one word is huge. You may not come up with this. So let me just throw it up there for you. It's the word balance. You see, a church that operates like a business has its own agenda. It will get out of balance. A church that is committed to God's agenda will really be focused on this idea of balance. When we say balance, we're talking about the two objectives of the church. When we come to community, it means two things to us. First, it means that we love one another. We, we are committed to Christian love for one another. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But we're also committed to community outside of the doors of a building. That when we go out, we are the church and we are to love those in our community no matter who they are. We, we, we are to be inclusive because that's a value that comes from our constitution, the Bible. And those values unite us. But when a church gets out of balance and it puts all its emphasis on evangelism, it becomes like a river that's like three inches deep and a mile wide. And it really is just a big wet spot in the ground. It's really not good for moving people in a boat. There's not enough. You can't go swimming in it. You can get your feet wet, but that's about it. And the church of Jesus Christ is to be both deep and wide. And when we say deep, that's discipleship. When we say wide, that's the evangelism. That's how we grow. And, and so when we talk about community, it really means two things. And I want you to remember this. When we say connect church, connecting to community, we're saying connecting to each other and connecting to those outside who haven't yet heard the good news. And, and when, when <laughs> there's a second word, let me just throw this out very quickly, that kind of sets really the basis for the three thoughts I'm going to give you today. And, and I think the best way to frame that word is by asking the question, what does it mean to be a member of Connect Church? Now, this is a great question, by the way, because in, in about a month from now, we are going to be spelling out what it looks like to sign and commit to the covenant that would make you a charter member of Connect Church. How many of you believe in looking before you leap? Would you wave at me? How many of you like to leap head first without looking? I think we've all done it a time or two. But I think we would all agree that it makes more sense to look before you leap. Would you agree with me? You'd shake your heads a little bit. And, and, and that, that just makes sense. And God wants us to do that. Scripture actually proclaims, come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Come, think about this, reason. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should be white as snow. God says it's reasonable to think through his offers. Come and reason it through. And so it's just reasonable as we approach and come up on just a few weeks from now, when we spell out our structure and what it means to be a member, it just makes sense for us to define a word, put it in one word, and let me just throw it up there because that word is the word commitment, okay? You can write that down in your notes. I hope you won't forget this word. 
we, we believe that everyone is welcome. Uh, in fact, the next statement here is the difference between an attender and a member can be summed up in that one word commitment. And because of that, when we say community, we're talking about a church family that is committed to one another, to the balance of evangelism and discipleship. They are committed to being a part of the mission. Now, listen, this is big. We welcome people who are attenders. Maybe you are an attender. You have not committed to being a part of our church community. You are always welcome here. And I love what Pastor Jay said earlier today. Hear me say this. I'm repeating it. He said this is a safe place. We are not the church that's going to grab you and twist your arm. I, I think I shared this some time ago, but when I became a Christian at the age of 17, I was starting my senior year, and the lovely young lady who had become a very dear friend of mine, we were dating, uh, one of the first things I did is she noticed there was an immediate change. I, I left a house party in her house one night, and I, I didn't feel comfortable there, and we talked about it, and I said, well, you need to come to church with me and find out, you know, what, what is now important to me. And she did. We were friends. But the first night she was there, someone at an invitation time, a public invitation, crawled over two or three rows of pews, snuck up behind her, grabbed her by the arm, and physically tried to drag her forward. It was her first time in a church like ours. As we left that day, of course she resisted. She hadn't heard enough of the gospel to have put two and two together. And, and as we got in my 65 Mustang and drove away, she said, I will never go back there again. And it was all new to me. I'd only been a Christian for a few weeks and I didn't even know how to answer her. I didn't know how to tell her that that was an overaggressive person who cared more about being seen by dragging someone forward and putting a notch in their gun belt saying, I, well, I want someone to Christ. And I, now get, hear me when I say this. If you bring somebody and you have built a relationship, you want to put your arm around them and say, do you want to know Jesus? That's okay. But I'm telling you, it will not be our practice to crawl over pews and bushwhack people we don't have a relationship with. Because this will be a safe place. Connect Church is a place for people to sit in the crowd and think through the claims that Jesus makes. And if you've never heard them before, if you've never heard the good news, Jesus wants us to think about it. He wants it to be real and deep. It's not repeating a prayer after someone else. It's a change of heart that comes from hearing the truth and allowing God, the Holy Spirit, to speak to your heart and whisper to you, hey, that's true. That's the kind of truth that changes you. That's the truth that changed me. And if you know Jesus, that's the truth that changed you. And when we say commitment, we're making a, a really bold statement. That, that those who are in the crowd, who are attenders, are always welcome. We, were never put, we will never put pressure on them. You hear that? We, we want seekers to feel safe. But on the other hand, we who define ourselves as Connect Church, there's a difference between us and an attender 
It is that word commitment. We have made a commitment, a commitment to love one another. We have made a, com a commitment to carry the good news out to others and to pray for and support and be a part of a Christian community. And that's what that word commitment means. So when we say we're connected to community, we're talking about a commitment, a commitment to a balance between evangelism and discipleship. Now I'm going to give you very quickly three. Go ahead and fill them in if you want to. Three keys to a balanced commitment to community. Again, look before you leap. This is what we're committing to. Number one, our commitment to Christian community must have a balanced devotion. I, I, I tell you what, I don't agree with everything everybody says, but I do respect and admire people who are devoted. People who, who really do give themselves a full measure of devotion to their cause. Uh, as believers, how can we be less passionate? Our commitment to Christian community must, must have a balanced devotion. We get it out of balance, it would be like that guy I saw on the ice, slipping and sliding away, going around in circles. Let's look at the verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. All of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. So they shared both their normal meals through the week, but also they shared the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Now, I want you to break that down. There's four blanks for you to fill in in your notes because that breaks down this, this passage, this scripture. We are devoted to biblical teaching. These four things, it's so cool that they're just spelled right out, are to be balanced. If you're all Bible teaching without any fellowship, you really don't grow in your life experiences because, as we say all the time here, God intends for us to connect to one another that spiritual growth happens best together in community. And so we are devoted to biblical teaching, but we're also devoted to Christian fellowship, and we are also devoted to meaningful sharing. That's why uh, we here, some of you may wonder, why once a month do you take this offering called One at a Time, which comes from Mother Teresa's statement that you can't help everyone, but you need to help people one at a time. And so once a month, we take an offering as people are leaving. Uh, last week, the third Sunday of the month is normally the time we did it because we didn't meet last Sunday. We're doing it today because there are always people in our church community who need help. We need to share with them. We need to do what, and, and if you are blessed and, and you can be a part of that, wow, be a part of it. it it's part of the, the devotion we have to community. And then we're devoted to purposeful prayer. We're devoted to prayer. It's a part of, of who we are and what we believe. I, I, my highlight of every week here is a prayer meeting I participate on in every, every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock before the first hour of service. I get together with some people and we just pray. We pray for you. And, and in the morning when I roll out of bed, I, I, I try to make before my first step for my knees to hit the ground. And I spend time praying for you and for the services and, and that God, God will have all of me. And I repent of the mess I made the previous day. And, and I ask God to speak to me. And, and so as a community, there's a lot of things you can be known for. You can be known for your building. But the, these, it doesn't say be devoted to your building. 
It says be devoted to teaching and fellowship and sharing and prayer. And when we pray, we are supposed to be praying for one another, and this is where the balance comes in, and for those who do not know Jesus to begin a relationship with him. Let me give you one last statement under this first thought. A Christian community that is balanced in their devotion will be healthy and united. It, it is our privilege as a church community to be balanced, to be committed, and to ask God to help us not just be a one-trick pony as a church, do one thing well. We want to be balanced. Number two, I'm going to give you the next two and, and kind of move forward from there. Our commitment to Christian community proves we are followers of Christ. Our commitment proves. It's, it's you know, there's a lot of people make incredibly crazy, boastful claims. I heard of a person on the news this last week. It's, it's called stolen valor. When someone claims to have served in the military during a time of war and they boast and claim the valor of that moment, that, that's a terrible thing. You know, that, that, and then the truth comes out and proves that they're lying. It, there is nothing worse for a church to claim, yeah, we love people. And then you go to that church and you see nothing but evidence of a lack of love. And so let's go ahead and look at the verses here. John chapter 13, verse 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. You couldn't become any more clear than that. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. In the Greek language, the word everyone means everyone. Okay, that's profound. Especially to those in the family of faith. So who are we to do especially be good to? To one another. And so this is not complex. This is a part of our commitment to Christian community. Uh, another thought here, and I'll just kind of get ready to move on, because a community committed to one another operates on the basis of relationships and not rules. And so Connect Church, connecting to community, means that we build relationships, and, and, and that, that takes time. That, that takes... It takes effort and energy. If you're just in the crowd and you haven't made that commitment, you've not built a relationship. And, and so Connect Church, it's our passion to be balanced, but it's also we're realistic. We know unless we invest in each other, we will not have the relationships that build real community. Number three, our commitment to Christian community allows for a balanced and complete body. I love the idea of completeness and, and being well balanced. And the scripture uses this idea over and over and over again uh, of the church being a body. And, and I, I just think sometimes we, we miss that. And, and as a result, we don't operate as a body. Ephesians 1.23 says, And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ. It, it is a continuing, ongoing effort to allow Christ to rule and, and take control, who fills all things everywhere with, with himself. What's our objective is connect church as a community to let Christ fill us, to let him take control of us, to make us complete. We are incomplete without him. And so a community that is truly, that truly is the body of Christ, will balance an inward and outward focus. We will look inward at our, our relationship with Christ and outwardly to the needs of those around us. We will look inwardly to, as a church 
in our love for one another and outwardly at the needs of those who do not know Jesus. I, uh, I think one of the coolest things that uh, we as a church family get to be a part of is uh, to be a part of the completeness of a multi-generational church, a church that, believe me, this is unique in church, that says we love people from the cradle to the grave, from the womb to the tomb. A lot of churches say it. But we are unique in that we're not just a one-generation church. I, I think a church that is complete, it's like a family. It's like a family. Every family has people who are new and babies or children and the elderly generations. They all get together in family reunions, and yet some churches are just all old or all young. We, we are pretty unique in this, you guys. And it allows us to be a part of the lives of other people. You know, when Christmas rolls around, you guys, you do an amazing job. You grab those Christmas baskets for our homebound people and you take them to the homes and you love on them. You don't get to do that unless you're a part of a multi-generational church. And, and one of the coolest things about a multi-generational church, we say that everyone matters. You see, our value, what we get from our constitution, the Bible, gives us a value that says all people matter, all generations matter. And I do, I have a problem with singular generational churches. And, and as a result, we, we have a chance to, to, to care for children and, and love kids. That's a big part of what we do here. And to care for student ministries. I, I love that that's a, an important part of what we do. In fact, I want to close the service with this because I think this is a way to help you get a hold of this and it's a way for us to, to share with you and keep you up to date on uh, how things are developing and some of the exciting things that are happening a part of your church community. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Jay and uh, Mikey McVeigh, would you come at this time, both of you gentlemen? And uh, I'm going to kind of get off here to this side and if you guys will kind of there's enough room for you over there. I want to say something that, that fits right into this idea of a complete church body, a multi-generational church. Uh, there's nobody here that doesn't know Pastor Jay. Uh, he's been a part of our team full time. You, you may or may not know this. When he became a part of our team, he came from a, a world in graphic arts and a position with a, uh, a large corporation in our community. And we prayed about it and he prayed about it. And he realized that God had called him to serve Christ full time. And he came on our team and, and he, he has been absolutely uh, used by God over this last decade. Uh, a lot of you here today have found a relationship with Christ because he loved you enough to tell you about Jesus. But statistically, one of the reasons we put such a huge value on student ministries is because statistically the vast majority of people do receive Christ or are, they are open to hearing about Christ and receiving Christ uh, before the age of 30. The largest percentage. That doesn't mean we give up on people. Sorry, buddy, you're over 30. You're out of here. That's not our intent. Our, our intent is to go fishing where the fish are biting, if that makes sense. In other words, we want to invest in areas uh, we... Pastor Jay, 
has invested his life in student ministries. Just recently, uh, Pastor Jay has handed the baton uh, to Mikey McVeigh, who's right now presently uh, a student at Liberty University taking student ministries as a major. And he has stepped in as our coordinator and director of our student ministries. But Pastor Jay is moving into some other areas. Uh, instead of playing with the students, uh, he's moved up and he's playing with some other kids, uh, some older kids. And he's helping us with small groups and he's helping us with men's ministries. Uh, he's helping with spiritual development and spiritual formation. Next-gen pastor, his job description is longer than my arm. It's, it is a, a bunch of stuff. And, and I'm excited about that. I'm thrilled for him. But the thing I wanted you to hear me say today, if you have a, a, a teenager, if you have a middle school or high school student, our volunteers, together with Mikey, are deeply committed to loving your kids. And not just loving your kids, but loving kids in community outside of our community because we are committed to balance. And I thought today... You know, when we have changes like this, you might hear things, your kids come home and say, hey, Mikey, McVeigh is helping out now. But I want you to hear it from me that th this is because, again, our constitution, our values, we, we've been given a mission. And that mission is to reach people for Christ. And the people that are most open to Christ are people in the age group that Mikey is now working with, giving himself to, dedicated to, becoming through his host his work in college. He, he's becoming more effective at that every day. Uh, Pastor Jay is not going to turn a switch and quit caring about our students. He's going to remain engaged and help uh, Mikey. But I thought today would be a really cool moment if we wrapped up our service before we stand and close with a worship song. Pastor Jay, would you just take a, a, maybe a moment and just introduce Mikey? And, and uh, I want to celebrate that a little bit sure. and then have a word of prayer. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, Mikey's, um, Mikey McVeigh um, is similar to me in that he's grown up here um, his entire life and uh, very much um, was a key part of student ministries as he grew up um, through our youth department as well. So how many of you remember when we went to the UK in 2012? Um, some of you might, some of you may not. Uh, maybe some of you weren't here when that happened. But when we did, he went as a student and um, there, there are a few specific things I remember from that trip, but one of them is the change that God did in this guy during that trip. I remember coming back, and, and his mom uh, came to me, like, you know, the next day and was like, who is this kid that you brought back from the U.K.? Because he's not the same kid that I sent. And, uh, you know, that's what a missions trip will do. Um, and God really got a hold of him, changed his life. And I'm so thankful um, to be able to, to have somebody that, to come through that understands the culture that loves our students, um, that speaks their language, if you will, um, and to be able to, to be a part of this. And as you can imagine, being in student ministries for 11 years and, and all of that, um, you know, the amount of pickiness that I wanted to have with, um, you know, being able to, to hand this over to somebody. I'm, I'm a pretty picky person. And, uh, and I love him, and I'm proud of him. And it's, it's a little bit of a... It, you might understand this from a, I guess, a pastor shepherding standpoint, like a proud papa kind of moment because of, uh, you know, just watching him grow up and, and becoming the awesome man of God that he is. And so it's, uh, it's kind of a cool, like, commissioning moment here in some mm -hmm. ways. So mm -hmm. um, if you would, let's, let's just pray. I just want to pray over him and, uh, and, and wrap up in, in this way. 
Jesus, I love you, Lord, and I, I thank you for um, how you choose to use us. God, I thank you that, um, God, you could use us to reach people in any way. Um, you could have not used us at all, Lord, but you choose to. God, I thank you for Mikey, and I thank you for his family, and I thank you for his commitment um, to you and the way that I've seen you change his life and, uh, and raise him up. And, Father, I'm so thankful that you did. God, I just pray that you would uh, continue to give him favor. You would continue to give him uh, leadership. Um, Holy Spirit, you would uh, just anoint him in, in amazing ways. He uh, continues moving forward with the culture and, uh, of, of our student ministries, Lord, and, and being a part of our, of our church family and our church leadership, God, as we move forward, that many, many, many more lives would continue to be changed and reached uh, through student ministries as we move forward with Connect Church. Um, God, I thank you so much uh, for this moment and for this time. God, we give you all the honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.